0: I'm a big advocate around managing our emotions and our state of being before we get into, okay, what's on my plate today?
1: Hello, and welcome to ADHD Essentials, part of the ADHD Rewired podcast network. I'm your host, Brendan Mahan. I'm a former teacher and mental health clinician turned ADHD coach, trainer, and consultant. I can be reached at brendan at adhdessentials.com. Here at ADHD Essentials, we help families develop the skills and knowledge needed to better manage attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Visit adhdessentials.com for more details. What's up, team? The ADHD Essentials online parent coaching groups are about to enter their 13th season. And if the past is any indication of the future, there's sure to be a powerful experience for everyone involved. But don't take my word for it. Here's a testimonial that Troy shared toward the end of his time in the 2022 summer session.
2: I actually woke up thinking about this. And, and I just have to say that um, I think that the, the, the feel and the air and, and the, just the whole vibe in our house has changed every time we finish one of these sessions it's almost like i feel closer to my kid wow um yeah yeah he's not uh, even there right and i mean yeah i think yeah and it's like i always want to just, just want to go and, and, and hug him after we finish these sessions um i also feel that you have given me permission um just like to feel out a little bit with being uh with being a parent um, and just give him space and give him room, to be a little bit more accepting. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I also, I'm just sort of like in, in awe of just uh, how wonderful uh, a father he must be, and that certainly has an impact on me. I, I really, really enjoy these sessions, and I get a lot out of, out of them for sure.
1: The groups begin on Monday, October 10th, ...and run for five weeks until Wednesday, November 9th. We'll meet twice a week for 90 minutes on Mondays and Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern. Each week will have its own theme and each day will focus on a topic within that theme. Topics include practicing self-care when things are hard... ...parenting as leadership... ...understanding ADHD... ADHD ...ADHD-friendly systems and structures... ...creating better family connections... Improving Communication with ADHD and Anxiety in Mind, Managing Anxiety, and Applying My Wall of Awful to the Home. The fee for the groups is $976, which can be paid in full or over four installments of $244. There are a few sections still open for the fall 2022 season, but you'll have to act fast. So either email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com or check the link in the show notes. To book a time to talk. And of course, check out our partner podcasts, ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers, Hacking Your ADHD with Will Kerb, and ADHD Diversified with MJ. As usual, a big thank you to Jeffrey Gordon of Ideal Video Strategies for helping me out with this episode. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking to Kathy Rashidian of Ready, Set, Choose Coaching. Kathy is an executive and ADHD coach of Emerging Leaders and the host of the Proudly ADHD podcast. In this episode, we discuss the importance of moving beyond structure, routine, and productivity when it comes to managing ADHD, why we should take more care in looking at how much time we actually have to do things, menstruation and ADHD, and the relationship between production, emotions, and processing styles. Side note, this episode is overdue. It was recorded back in february before things went off the rails for my family and i so some of the examples might be a little out of season sorry about that but it's great to be back all right let's get rolling
0: i'm kathy rashidian professionally trained adhd and executive coach i work primarily with adults in workplace settings uh, in companies and organizations uh, really helping them understand their brain better so that they can make it their best asset. I'm also the host of Proudly ADHD podcast and the co-founder of the great ADHD reset program that we run.
1: Awesome. And you're here to undermine conventional wisdom as it relates to ADHD because you are, I don't know, how do you want me to put it? You hate productivity routine and structure or you oppose it? Like, Walk me through that.
0: Yeah, I always say the three words that I don't like in my vocabulary when it comes to AD- managing ADHD is structure, routine, and the third one I added recently was productivity. These three, for me, they, they're they like cuss words. They're like F words, and I just don't care to use them in my language. They give me physical reaction. <laughs> I sometimes get hives from them, <laughs> uh, and it's, it's, it's triggering. So uh, there's a whole lot of emotion behind those three words because... I think most of my life, I was looking for those three. And now I know better. I've gone deeper and I've opened the Pandora's box. I'm like, oh, there's other ways.
1: I just want to let you know that the bookshelves in the rooms that my listeners are listening to this episode in right now have burst into flames because there's like ADHD book after ADHD book after ADHD book about those three things. That's, that's the crux of what most ADHD folks ADHD professionals, ADHD coaches are aiming at. So now we have to play. We have to like explore this. So can you dig into that a little more?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've got smoke in my room from all the books that I have on (laughs) getting it done, productivity, uh, making the most of your day. And I mean, in my coach training, there's modules on productivity. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do it. But just the minute we hear those and and the words consistency and routine and and all of that, making the most of your day, you know, do your big stuff and 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 all of that stuff. so so for me, it's just there is better ways of doing this. i I'm a big advocate around managing our emotions and our state of being before we get into, okay, what's on my plate today? And if you're going into your day with a whole lot of emotional dysregulation, uh, coming in from a weekend with a family that, you know, that was upside down and you had all these activities that you were doing. And then on Monday you sit down and you're like, okay, everybody's at school. I'm gonna get to my work. Not gonna happen. You're actually now taking the time to downregulate from all the intensity that you had over the weekend and to sit there and want to schedule and time box your day. I think that's not setting you up for success.
1: I think the most pronounced. Example of that is COVID. Yes. COVID hit and there was this drumbeat of, hey, if you don't know how to play guitar by now, it wasn't a lack of time that made you fail to learn how to play guitar. It's because you suck at life. Like that was this whole push of toxic productivity and, and toxic self-improvement
0: Yeah, and and just to give you an example of the COVID thing, I remember this lady called me once, and this was like literally in the beginning of it, and she's like, "I need a UC coach. Uh, I love the stuff you're sharing, and 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 I think you know you'd be the right person for me." And I'm like, "Okay, what do we need to? What are you working towards? I want to be more productive in my day. Okay, let tell me a little bit more. Uh, Well, I'm not working right now because everything is shut down. Like this was literally in the beginning where everything was truly shut down, especially in our region in Canada where we live." And she's like, I have all these hours in the day and, you know, I, I, I want to be productive. And when we looked a little bit deeper, four kids all being homeschooled, volunteer work, this, that and the other. And I'm like, so where is the unproductive side of you in this? Oh, you just, you just don't have your nine to five job in addition to everything else that you got going on. So it's like looking inwards And this comes into Brandon, a bit of time blindness too, right? There was a time where for me, when I did that exercise with my coach, I was like, oh my God, my kid goes to daycare. I have all the day. When we literally time boxed everything, I only had two hours a day to myself. But my assumption was because little Sophia is not home, that I have all this time, but didn't really put in the visual side of, oh, look at all the stuff that I've got going on. So that is it is the, 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 the awakening that it's like for me is I think time blindness gets in the way our own expectations, the comparing ourselves to the neurotypicals get in the way, you know, of, well, they're doing it, Kath. they're doing their homeschooling and their job and all of that stuff. So all of that is to say, for me, I, I really, over the last two years with COVID meet yourself where you're at, this is where it is you're in the middle of a freaking pandemic. And man, you're right about the trauma thing. Like it really affected so many of us in so many ways.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got probably 40 pounds to lose. I've gained 20 since COVID hit and I had 20 to lose before. And I'm, I'm working on it, but it's not easy. I want to play with that time blindness piece because one of the things that I learned during COVID, a thing I realized, my wife would ask me to like mop the kitchen floor, right? And I was like, yeah, I should, I'll, I, I'll do that. And then a month would go by. And I'm like, how did I not mop the kitchen floor for a month? Like that's a long time. But then I looked at the reality of the situation and I was like, oh, I can really only mop on Sundays because I was homeschooling my boys and I had a job and, or the this business Saturdays were eaten up by Kempo when it was open and posting and editing and posting the podcast and whatever else was going on. So really Sundays were the only time I had it, assuming Sunday was a day I could actually do it because sometimes there's grocery shopping and there's other things that need to happen that are going to wall off my ability to mop the floor. And when I reframed it that way, I went from I failed to mop the floor over the course of 31 days to I had three days to mop the floor and I mopped it on the third day. Those three days were just spread out over the course of a month. And it really helped me understand some of the ways that I give myself grief and, and shame and guilt around not doing things. It helped me understand some of my own time blindness and reframe like, but how many opportunities did I have to do this as opposed to how many days existed between when I said I was going to do this and when I actually did it.
0: And see, that, that's it, right? The minute you realize the reality of what it is, then the guilt and the shame and the inner critic that's going like crazy in our heads, it, it, it gets a little bit, okay, th- th- this is calmer for me. And for me, that's where I'm like, when you're doing things from a place of stress, your amygdala is hijacked, you're stressed out. Like the, you know, they, they, you know, this, they say like, you can't see, you can't hear your blood pressure is through the roof So it makes sense that you're not even able to truly problem solve the situation or look at it from a reasonable angle, because you're doing everything under this, like fighting gloves are on. I got to have a good day. I got to have a productive day. And for me, that's when I'm like, you might as well just watch Netflix all day. For me these days, what I I advocate on, even myself, I practice this a lot. And I know in in our community, when I when I'm about what I'm about to say is going to be like, yeah, right, Kathy, but you can get there. (laughs) It's sitting with the boredom. And I know it's excruciating to sit with boredom and be like, oh my God, I'm bored. I'm going to do something about this. But it's actually sit in that space so that you can just sit and say, okay, what's the next logical, humanly possible thing I can do with this, whatever it is, and create those spaces throughout the day so that you can give yourself that recovery of this high intensity that we end up in most of the day.
1: And sitting and watching Netflix is totally valid. Rest is allowed. It's not as though you're doing something wrong. There are days when I'm sitting and watching Netflix at 1.30 in the afternoon for like a half an hour, and then I go and do whatever I need to do at 2 o'clock. Sometimes that happens because I'm resting on purpose. And and I know this week is a good example. I'm done. I've been cooked this week. And it makes sense. The pattern I'm coming off of is my kids had a school vacation week two weeks ago. Last week, we went skiing on Tuesday. And then last weekend on Friday, I took my dad to the doctors, came home, packed up the car, drove to New Jersey, got to my in-laws at roughly midnight after driving for five or six hours spent the weekend at my in-laws, drove home on Sunday, of course I'm drained this week. Like My whole rhythm has been disrupted for two weeks because my boys being home from vacation meant I was spending time with them and I was trying to arrange things to make it work for them. So I rearranged clients and I didn't do podcast interviews that I might have otherwise done and and those kinds of things. And that two-week disruption is catching up to me now. And I'm just giving myself permission to have an off week, which is hard because I just had two other off weeks for different reasons.
0: You know, you you mentioned the the keyword there, rhythm. So for me, that's what I go after is what's my rhythm this week. What's my and it always I always go two days before, two days after, so that I know two days before what did I just do, and what am I doing the next two days. So so my schedule is quite fluid. Because I'm going with the rhythm of what's happening. Um, the I don't know if you've read this book yet, um, "Dopamine Nation," by Anna Lemke.
1: It's in my Kindle.
0: She talks about dopamine, and it's beautiful book. And just the way she talks about it, and for me, I really, I mean, the whole book, it's really about addiction and and dopamine. But for me, I relate to it from a workaholic perspective because I, I am a recovering workaholic. Um, so what she talks about is is that what goes up must come down. And the intensity of those days where we're just in like flow and getting shit done and all of that, there has to be a crash followed on the other side of it. And now I honor that crash to be like, oh, brain is resetting itself. We're going into brain active recovery versus the physical recovery athletes have those recovery days. As people with ADHD, we deserve to have those brain recovery days. So then when we go back to this structure, routine and, and productivity, it's define it on your terms, like truly define it on your terms. And for me, it's not in my vocabulary because I actually don't care to use them anymore because it, it's, it's shifted for me, right? It's mindset It's the state that I'm in and how I'm showing up. It's my emotional regulation. How emotionally am I, you know, regulated today? What's going on with me as a female with menstrual cycle? I run my business in accordance to my uh, menstrual cycle. And I will say that out loud is, you know, there's there's 10 days where I'm like, break, this is not happening and, you know, and I'm a mom of a five-year-old. There's days where getting her out of the house is such a struggle. So it's, you know, it's like, okay, now I need to regulate myself before I lose it on somebody else. <laughs> so all of that, is, I think it, it's to look at all of those things and, and then to come and say, okay, then what's my definition? What does it look? Because then all those books, truly, like to me, then they're a throwaway because yes, great, I, they gave me a bit of, Here's how it is, but then defining it on your own terms and working with someone to soundboard these ideas so that you're not doing it in your head. That's the other piece that I always say is don't do ADHD alone, is have we love this collaboration, the the talking it out loud, verbal processing it out loud and knowing we have the answers inside. But it's just let me talk it out to see where I'm going to get to with this as opposed to in my head, because then we know. The, the, that side of our brain that likes to go into doom and gloom and catastrophe comes out super loud and super fast. It comes in and it's having another sounding board in front of you can kind of tame that side.
1: Yeah. And, and it helps us find the things that are important. It helps us find the ideas that we have and the solutions that we have to get through whatever, that we're, whatever it is that we're getting through. And it also helps us relate to each other, right? Like if if you're working with an ADHD coach who has ADHD or at least has seen enough people to understand ADHD and you're saying, I don't know what it is. I just, you know, the kids are home from school for a week and then last week was a little messy and now I just don't feel like I can activate like I need to activate. And that other person can go, oh yeah, that's normal. Yes. Like that's, that it's, it's normal. This is normal for people who are neurotypical. It's just what happens, the way I tend to think of it is when neurotypical people hit the struggle bus, right? When they, they have a disruption like that, then it's harder for them to do stuff, right? They're just, it's difficult for them to get initiated. And ADHD people start there. Like we start at hard for neurotypical folks.
0: Well said. So
1: then when we have a disrupted week or two and all of a sudden it's struggle land for us. It's not the same. It's not like, Oh, I can't seem to like do this five minute task in five minutes. Why is it taking me 10 minutes? It's like, I don't, why do I even, why should I even do that five minute task? It doesn't, I don't, I don't want to do that five minute task. Did you know that I have Netflix? Like (laughs) it's a different level of struggle.
0: Yeah, no, I get it. How,
1: and feel free to tell me that this is not a question you want to answer. And then I should go somewhere else. But I'm curious to know how you factor in your cycle with your business, because there's plenty of moms listening and it's not a topic I've covered, but it's one I know I need to is the hormone like version of ADHD, the way that's not the way to say it.
0: Let's go there. I really want to go there and and I'm so glad and I'll do it here. This is the first time I'm talking about it. And it relates to productivity. It really does because first I was, I recently actually was diagnosed with PMDD. And I forget again what the, the, the letters are, but I'm like, here, great. Some more alphabet to my <laughs> other diagnoses that I have. And essentially it is that I have extreme, my cycles are very extreme for me. So it low fatigue, energy, irritability, everything goes through the roof, physical pain, all of that. For me, the hell, and I call it hell week. It's 10 days. And now knowing that for me and the way I manage my business, the way I am with my family, like just knowing that this is a thing, first of all, that not every woman goes through. Some of us just breeze through our, our, our cycles and nothing happens. For those of us with ADHD, ADHD gets worse. Like my like scattered, not focused, all of it. Medication won't even work. Knowing that what I've, what I've done with my business is those 10 days of cycle and, and I, I have my lovely business partner where her and I kind of back and forth with each other on this is all right. I'm in my hell week. Here's some of the things. So, I, so asking for help sooner, quicker, without any shame or guilt comes in, really setting the expectations. If I have a big talk, if I'm doing, uh, if I want to write something, knowing that that week, I'm just not with it. I'm just kind of showing up and living, right? So I don't do big things. However, um, recently, uh, I'm on medication and trying that out. And, and no shame in saying that it's it's normal. Let's see what happens. But at least I have some answers that I'm not going crazy on this stuff. And it really does affect I'm a I'm a late in life mom, I had my baby at 40, Brandon, and, and that even in itself amplified things in my life, right?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. So
0: all of that kind of you know, brings it all in. So for me, if laundry sits in the laundry room for three weeks, it sits there for three weeks. It's clean, but you go get your clothes yourself. (laughs) I've come to terms with that. But, you know, if there's food on the table, the house is clean, all of that stuff. Like I pick and choose the household management and, and my husband, thank God he understands and he knows, he knows what's up. But it's been conversations that we've had. It's not rosy all the time. I get frustrated. It's like, oh my gosh, I forgot to do laundry, but it is what it is.
1: I have a little bit of an understanding of PMDD because I have slash had a client with PMDD. Um, She was part of the coaching groups and then she wanted to become a one-on-one client. We met, if I can toot my own horn, we met one time and then she emailed me and was like, I'm all set. Like, I don't need to work with you anymore. Like you kind of nailed everything I needed to get figured out. And I think I can do it on my own now. And I was like, woohoo, like do it on your own. That's exactly what is supposed to happen. As your coach, my job is to not work with you. So yay. One shot. I, I suspect she'll circle back in like a year or so.
0: But that's the thing though, too, right. With, with our hormones as, as women, some months we have it under control, like it's nobody's business. And then other months it's like down in the doom and gloom. Like there was a point where I'm like, well, do I have like bipolar? Like maybe there's other condition that I need to look into, but it was, it's my hormones get the best of me and truly they do. And and there should be more talks on this. There should be more women coming out and going, I think I'm losing my mind. And then you've got your doctors going, no, you're not. It's just, this is it. And it's not treated yet. And with ADHD, it gets worse.
1: Yeah. And I know that's a topic I need to cover. Um, I'll add it to my Google file now that I'm remembering. Please it. bring
0: some experts, bring some really good experts on it, please. Yeah, no,
1: I will. I will. That's, that's my whole deal. And, and I, wanna, I also want to honor, I don't know, men slash it's not always hormones, although with men it can be hormones too. But I, I want to honor the fact that we are living through a global pandemic and that can derail you too. So it, it might be hormones. It might also be you had a couple of disrupted weeks. I know I'm drained right now. And you're living through a global pandemic, even though we like to pretend that we're not. It's still there. And those changes are significant, right? Like my my kids, the mask mandate for their school ended on Friday. And, and they didn't tell anybody. Just all of a sudden, no one has to wear masks anymore, which enraged me. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, I was livid because... My kids in particular are really anxious about the mask stuff. They're really like wanting to make sure that the mask is sealed tight. And like, we're talking about, you got to loosen it up because you're getting like scrapes in the back of your ears and stuff,
0: Wow, that
1: level of anxiety. And they're not the only kids who have that level of anxiety around masking. They're not the only kids who are driven nuts by people who don't have the mask up over their nose. Or when a teacher pulls a mask down to make a point Cause you have to see their mouth and then they put it back up. Like that stuff bugs my kids and they're not the only ones. And so to drop a mask mandate without a plan in place for our most vulnerable kids who are the most anxious about these masks is not a good deal. Like it's, you're not doing it right as a school system. And I am in no way vilifying just mine. Cause everyone I've talked to who has told me that their mask mandate got lifted. It got lifted in this very unplanned, informal way. It was just like, yep, we're done now. Yay, everyone have a party. And it's my guys are in seventh grade, which means for roughly a quarter of their schooling. And the most recent quarter, they've been dealing with quarantining, masking, and social distancing. For a quarter of the years they've been spending in school and the most recent ones, of course, there's going to be some struggle there. And they're in seventh grade third graders, half of their year of their time in school has been social distancing, quarantining and masking.
0: Well, and you know, you bring up a point about with, with COVID, the way I look at that is the uncertainty, the conditions that here's this way and thou shall follow this and everybody follows and then all oh, wait, no. And then there's this, and then everybody follows. And then there's the infighting in that happens in families and friends and mask or not mask vaccine or not and all of that stuff like all of that is like in addition to everything else you got going on in your life like I know families I've heard of families where like you know siblings don't talk to each other anymore Uh, there's infighting like all of that so then to to come back to this I need to manage my ADHD I need to create structure and routine in a way I'm like can we just all survive can we just get through what's really important. And uh, my mentor, Barbara Luther, I love her to bits. She says, at the end of the day, the question you want to ask yourself is, was this a well-lived day? And if you're sitting there going, oh, well, I did my to-do list and I I was so productive to me, that's like, okay. But it truly answering, was this a well-lived day? It doesn't come down to the to-do list, the, the all of that stuff. It's How did I manage the difficult conversation with school, with, with my partner, with my family and friends, you know, creating unity, creating community, being just, just, just surviving the emotion, the intensity that it comes with of all this uncertainty. Our brain wasn't supposed to have this much uncertainty in two years. Like we we shouldn't be managing, you know, that in itself, we're not wired for this much uncertainty.
1: I like the meme that says history repeats itself but I wasn't expecting to relive the entire 20th century in two years. Oh my God. Good one. Pretty much we have.
0: <laughs> For me, this is where I say is if this new norm, whatever the heck it is, doesn't fit you, it's okay to up and go to the next one that does fit you permission to. And then I hear, well, you know, I always keep changing jobs. Okay. Well, you are still getting to know yourself and learning about yourself and doing it with eyes wide open Right, as opposed to blame and shame, is I'm gonna do this on my terms, and this is how I'm gonna do it. That serves me because the man in in the corporate side, there's so much toxic productivity out there that it's sad and it still exists because this is what they know all these years, centuries.
1: Let's play with that because you started before we even began to record, you started with anti productivity, right? And I and So I'm kind of wondering, are you anti-productivity or are you more anti-toxic productivity? And where would you draw that line? How would you define toxic productivity versus, I guess, regular productivity?
0: Great question. I think that the the toxic productivity is just something that, you know, you see it on LinkedIn, you see it on social media, be productive and do, I mean, I've even done it. Here's six ways to be productive. And then when I look back, I'm like, hmm. No, I want to take that back. Can I take it back? Is there a take back on social content that you put out? So for me, it's, is this person showing up at their best self, leaning into their strengths and doing their honest to goodness, best work? And they do it in three hours. Okay, great. Done. Off we go. And then you got someone that may take eight hours. You may someone that take 10 hours to do, but they're still being their best self showing up without the anxiety, without the stress, without this adrenaline and cortisol that's pumping through your system that I work best under stress. I used to be that. Um, and now they've found this other way of just I'm showing up, I'm doing this and, and this is where I've gotten so far. And then being able to lean in to ask for support when they need to, and not having the shame of oh, you just sent me a 20 page email and I, it takes me like three hours to read that email versus can we just go on a walking meeting and, and talk through this, which is more productive. Me sitting for three hours trying to dissect what the email says or a five minute conversation and boom, I got it. Let's go. So it, it's for me, productivity goes with aligning with the person's processing style, the way they process information, the way they, they can understand what's going on and then how they're showing up emotionally. So the toxic productivity, it's, it's like this peak performance stuff that I hear in corporate side. Performance, performance. No, it's about showing up. It's about the experience. What are they learning from this experience and being at their best? That for me, it's more, it just feels better than I had a productive day. So
1: it sounds like you're defining, and tell me if I get this wrong, it sounds like you're defining toxic productivity as- valuing the person's production over the person yeah, and sort of the healthy perspective. And I don't even know if the word productivity applies to that necessarily is valuing the person and, and allowing them to produce at the level that they're going to produce in a healthy way.
0: And the permission to do it, whichever way it works. Some people may time block their day. Some people may have a list. And it's the idea, I, I, tell, I tell my clients, I have three different systems on how I manage my day. Some days it's sticky notes. Some days it's by the calendar. Some days it's by massive planner that's in front of me. And it switches. And then, But the, the thing that drives my productivity, if you will, is how's Kathy doing? What, what does she need today? It's that checking in with my emotions first and my state before I go into my day.
1: I know I've of late been feeling like, I just want the whole
0: world to pause for a week so I can catch up. But then do you even catch up? right? And having our our divergent brain, it's like, whoa, 20 new ideas came up. Let me just go after those. And, you know, we talk about this in our program and that one of the reasons we called it a reset of it's, you know, everybody came in and said, oh my God, I lost all my coping mechanism because of COVID. And then for me, it's okay, let's check in on those. Some of them do you want to keep? And some of them we may want to redo. So it's, it's okay to look at these coping skills that we've had and say, some of them serve us. So if somebody procrastinates on a project, but then at the end, they have the most awesomest output. Okay. So what's the emotion underneath that? Can we address the emotion? Then you can still procrastinate, but you do it with Dancing and fun and music, and then oh, I'm still procrastinating, but I know at the end the result is gonna be badass. And there's nothing wrong with that. So it's just again, it goes back to Brandon, that normalizing some of this stuff. And and my procrastination is I call it marination. I'm I'm marinating right now on this. And if I don't get to do it, then okay, then it it didn't need to be cooked. (laughs)
1: There it is. And also adjusting the environment as necessary, right? Like I've got I've got a client, I'm working with him and his wife. And they both work for the wife's parents who own a small business, right? So they brought the the husband in, the son-in-law, and he's the one with ADHD. One of the things we're talking about is the nature of the environment at this business and can anything be done to help the ADHD people? Because he's not the only one, it doesn't seem like. One of the things that he's finding is in order to get started, he reads like, something on the internet for five to 10, maybe 15 minutes to kind of get his brain going, get the dopamine flowing. And then he can jump in and be productive for as long as he needs to be productive, which is great, except for when he gets interrupted. Because if he gets interrupted, there's a if it's, if it's more than like a quick interruption, odds are he's going to read something again. So if he gets interrupted eight times, potentially he's losing two hours of working time Because he's spending 15 minutes each time to get back in. Now, obviously, he's not always spending 15 minutes. It's probably five minutes more likely. But he's still losing a lot of time to something that anyone from the outside world would be like, that guy's a slacker. Like he's looking at Reddit or a magazine or whatever. Yeah. But for him, that's that's how he restarts. And your neurotypical folks can get interrupted and talk about like someone's plan for their baby shower for 20 minutes and then go right back to whatever they were doing. And we ADHD folks, that's not realistic. So one of the things we've been talking about is how do we adjust the environment so that he gets interrupted less.
0: So good. That, that is like spot on example. Yeah. And it, it's, oh, I wasn't productive because I wanted to get this done. It's like, okay, like you said, how many times were you interrupted that day? Was the environment suitable for, for you? I remember, you know, one of my clients, she went and got like a cycle that she puts under her desk because she's kinesthetic. She needs to move in other meetings. She would be moving around and facilitating. Now she's stuck behind the laptop and a desk, but now with this bike, she's now moving and she can, she can get more stuff done. There's just, she's like, Oh, something magical has happened. I'm like, you're honoring your processing style. You're honoring your brain.
1: (laughs) So just being mindful of time, do you have any ending essentials that you'd like to share with our audience?
0: Yeah, I want to leave you with this, with this thing that I wrote a while ago, and it's uh, how you feel about time dictates your next action. And I'm, as, as you've heard through this conversation, I've, I've been advocating about emotions and, and how we feel about something really affects how we show up that day. So there's three different scenarios that one could look or feel about time. One is that time is something that I continually fight against. That's one emotion that could come up all the time. And that's how in that state, that's how you're showing up. So there's going to be a lot of resistance. Another view could be that I can and will develop effective strategies to manage time. So it's a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more chill. You're working towards the choosing how you want to show up. And then the third, which takes a while to get there, but it's I can relax and do nothing or I can create or do something exciting. It's completely my choice. Time is a gift. And, and so when we look at it from that perspective, it really just even just even reading that to you, it calms things down. It just the nervous system goes, OK, she's got it figured out or there is a plan or he's got it figured out. And that's all the brain wants is show me a damn plan and do it with ease. Then I know you got this so that I don't have to feel like I need to put on the gloves and feel threatened by what's about to come next. So that's what I leave you with is really look into your emotions before going in and scheduling your day. How are you showing up? How are you? That inner child. How is it doing? How is she doing? How is he doing? And then go about your day.
1: Hey, you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at And don't forget to check out the website, ADHDessentials.com. And visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. better is all you need.